Hello and welcome to the Massive Mediocrity Podcast. The brothers are here. We got the Kesswing brothers in the house. Fraser Kesswing on the line and Max Kesswing right here. How's it going, Fraser? I'm good. And for me, you're on the line and I'm right here. <laughs> it's true. It's true. That's how our podcast works. Basically, Fraser and I call each other and uh, you guys don't, you're none the, wire, none the wiser. Speaking of the wire, I see that someone's watching the wire. <laughs> trying to it's a little slow in the beginning just gonna say it's it's so good (laughs) yeah i'm excited i'm gonna get into it yeah dude slow show is a little slow though like can we i mean i see what the setup though i like it i like it i'm I'm gonna keep going i have like 10 shows i'm trying to watch it's also i mean that show came out in what 2004 came out kind (laughs) of a while while ago ago. yeah so we'll see um yeah no spoilers no spoilers spoiler free podcast well, we're about to spoil a lot at the end of this yeah. podcast, but there's a good chance um, of that happening. But we'll see. There's a there's a high chance of that happening on many fronts. Um, but I started going to a new gym. I got a new climbing gym membership, so that's positive. Oh yeah. Oh, is this but the new have, uh, the new spot? Yeah, but they got exercise bikes and they've got uh, ellipticals and they've got other gear there. Uh-huh. So I was running. I was do- I was doing my elliptical. Were you so really I like the elliptical? Like an old person? Yeah. yeah. And, Richie um, Powerhouse is the elliptical. Dude, I was sweating my buns off. You can get a good sweat going on, on the elliptical, honestly. Dude, if you're trucking, you're going like, let's say you're just going at like a nine mile, eight, 10 mile pace, like 10 minute mile pace. Your heart rate's going to be pretty high. You're 10 minute mile is not trucking, dude. I'm, I'm just saying like, if you are consistent, it doesn't matter about how fast oh, okay. you're going. It just matters like how consistent you are. I'm saying you do that the whole time. Like you, you got to like... yeah. You, you, sh- you got to stick with it. So, like, by, like, mile or by, like, the, you know, mile mark, you're, like, busting sweat. Like, you know I mean, it doesn't mark? take a lot. I hit, like, two miles, I think. And okay. So, yeah, two, for little, 20 minutes. A little over two miles. Yeah. I was in there for 20 minutes. It was just to break up the lactic acid after climbing. Too. There you go. Do a little that's cardio, good. break yeah. up the lactic acid. So, that's the best time, though, to watch TV shows because... What else are you doing? You have to stand and sit at this very specific place, and you have nothing to necessarily do besides watch things. It's a good time for sure. If you're reading things, you're not going hard enough. Yeah, you shouldn't be able to read. No, you shouldn't be able to read. That's like too much concentration. Because if you can still read, you're not going hard enough, and you don't have enough sweat in your eyes. I I agree. Um I'll work up to your pace, Frage. I know I'm not there yet. I, dude, I've been trying to. I, I do. We we do like 20 minutes where we just try to run. We try to see how far we can get in 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week we did like 2.6, 2.7 miles, something like that. Dude, so I'm not that far behind you. No, I, we were running at like a 7:45 pace. Dude, I'm not even that far behind you. <laughs> it's, it's really not. It adds up, though. It does. I get it. I used to be able to do that. We'll get there Dude, one day. Dude, I know. I was looking back because like, I have the Nike running app mm-hmm. or whatever. And like, since I started running again, I don't even run that much. Like, I, I run 10 minutes before every workout. And then on Sundays, I try to run for like 20 minutes. And I just try to see how far I can get. So I like re-downloaded and I was looking at some of my original times from like 2013 and 
dude, I was so much faster then. I was in such better shape. Like, same. Cardio dude, shape, I, at least. I ran like a 615 mile. Yeah. Like, uh, 20, 2012, when my leg didn't work. I ran like a 627 oh, really? mile with like one leg. That's crazy. But like cardio shape, which is on another level. Like, yeah, I just wasn't tired. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I dude. feel you. Dude, we did uh, in our first B team. You had to hit over us. We made like physical requirements that you had to go faster than a, an eight minute mile. We we're like, that's easy. You better be able to do an eight minute oh, mile. Oh, yeah. Dude, Unless that's so easy. You're I can off. do that now. I yeah. mean, I did do that now. I would like to see how fast of a mile I could get. I think I could, I could get around six a six minute mile. I think. I believe it. I think I could. We'll see. I mean, I don't know. That's, that's trucking, dude. My biggest detriment is I'm the slowest person that's six foot one and has ever been athletic. You are. You're surprisingly slow. Yeah, real slow. Because I remember we raced when we were landscaping still, and you uh-huh. were so slow. Yeah, I, co- I honestly couldn't believe because you said that you raced Charlie and Charlie like blew you out of the water. And I was like, really? No way. Granted, Charlie's pretty quick. I'll, I'll give him that. Char- Charlie can move. He's got good straight line speed. He's not good laterally. He is not. He does not have good lateral quickness, but straight line speed. Very good. And uh, I couldn't believe that he blew you out of water. And then. I saw, I don't know, I think I raced you, and then I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> You're really slow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not quick. My, uh, I did run a, I did a 40-yard dash in Birkenstocks one time, and I ran under a six, which I was pretty happy about. That's pretty good. I mean, you're wearing Birkenstocks, so that's, I'd say. Yeah, you're wearing sandals. Detriment. Yeah, you're wearing sandals. I think I Fast- can run a, a sub five second 40. In Burks or not Burks? No, in like cleats. Okay. <laughs> All right. Want to get back into basketball? We've already talked sure. about some nonsense. We have to open every podcast with just our garbage. Course. Yeah. All right. For some reference points right now, uh, we're recording at uh, 10-12 Monday night. We're going to try and get these out Monday nights. Um, but right now we got a basketball game going on. It's the Sixers versus Raptors. Uh 80 to 70, the Sixers are up right now in the fourth with six minutes left. So we don't know what's going to happen that game. Looks like the Sixers should pull that one out. Um, so that series will be tied at 1-1. Um, but the, the Raptors won the first game, so they broke that curse. Yeah. Yeah, Kyle but Rowry. Kyle broke Rowry. The curse. Kyle Rowry. Mike Rowry. I think something, something we have to think about in the NBA playoffs is that we, ha- we can't just take these giant trends because everything is game to game. Like, shit changes so quickly and everyone jumps on one thing as being the narrative. But, like, tonight, Jimmy Butler has 23 points and, te- and 11 rebounds. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, last game, he, he didn't play great at all, you know? And we were mm-hmm. saying that Kawhi Leonard's, like, the best. You know, he's going to handle this whole thing. But, yeah, Kawhi Leonard still has 29 and 6 tonight and he's still, like, super dominant elite but it doesn't mean that the rest of the players are gonna do anything he him and pascal are the only guys in double digit oh lowry's got double digits now i guess too so but it's pretty pretty rough the next highest after 29 14 and 14 is five not great 
No, so they're getting nothing out of the rest of their players. Um, the playoffs are kind of a knockdown drag out in general, I'd say. Like, even the Warriors Rockets game was kind of ugly and crappy. Mm-hmm. Um, and this this is no different, really. Just a little sloppy. I'd say way less whining in in these <laughs> series, dude. There's so much whining in the Warriors Rockets. That was pretty. Everyone on the watch. team. We'll get that into that a little bit. I want to I want to table that for a mm-hmm. little discussion later. But that's fine. I got the the. We don't have a chance to watch that game going on right now, the Raptors and um, Sixers, but we'll talk about it in our next podcast. We'll, we'll research and get back to you on that one. But let's talk about the Celtics Bucks. Celtics came out and like gangbusters and beat the Bucks one twelve to ninety. Basically, beat the brakes off from twenty two points. That's pretty bad. Um, they, phrase, I'll, big... I'll give it to the Bucks. They 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 had it to about twelve points. Um, early in the fourth quarter, and then it just blew wide open again. Um, Kyrie was cooking. He he played really well. L. Horford is criminally underrated. Um, he, he was great. And, and Brad Stevens, I feel like, really shined in this game in kind of throwing different looks at Giannis. Um, and a lot of that credit is, is to Horford, but it's it's a lot about the defensive strategy. They were really mm-hmm. clogging up the paint and not allowing. I mean, Lopez was, was terrible. Um, Bledsoe reverted back to 2018 or 2017 he playoffs. Had flashbacks. Yeah, he, dude, he had PTSD. He had something. He was like, he was not good. Um, but it all comes down to Giannis and Giannis isn't a three point shooter. He, he was averaging something crazy like, I don't even know. I think it was like 18 points in the paint a game or something like that. Like he had some <laughs> crazy stats at the beginning of the year. Um, and, and they they were doing a really good job of the help defenders were sagging off and, and clogging the paint and double teaming anytime Giannis was going at the rim. And he was being met with two, three defenders every time he drove and He's super gifted and, and talented and, and crazy long, but he still kind of struggles a little bit with, I'd say, decision-making and making those passes to those open people. Um, this is kind of an extreme example, but with Jokic, um, when as soon as Jokic gets double-teamed, I mean, it's it's like game it's over. It's out. He, he he has the perfect pass and and he's he's on some like next level like court vision shit so <laughs> that is like the best it can possibly be dude whatever like legal? the serbian alpha brain is like he he's on that shit he's awesome um but yeah, Giannis, he kind of, it's a sim- similar thing with Embiid. Embiid does very similar things. As soon as Embiid gets double teamed, a lot of times he force up some crazy shit. Um, yeah, he has the same problem. He wants to just muscle it through mm-hmm. the defenders or cause a foul because he doesn't feel comfortable passing out of a double. Yeah, and, and Horford's way stronger than a lot of people give him credit for. I mean, he he's really yeah. an elite defender. Um, he, Long he's arms. A playoff, he's a playoff player. Horford's one of those dudes that, like, he just shows up. I mean, he's great during the regular season, but he shines in the playoffs because this is what your team needs. Dude, he plays the right way. He really does. I mean, there's no better defender on him so far that we've even seen than 
um, Horford. You got to be singing his praises after that first game. Yeah, Hor- no Horford one else, played I mean, great. He still put up 20 on the other end, too. So not only was he playing great defense, but he was also effective and efficient, I'm sure. I mean, I don't, I don't know the stats and how efficient he was. Um, yeah, I can't pull those up right away, but... I'm sure he was efficient. That dude's always efficient. And you didn't get a lot of some of the other players. You know, Tatum only had four. Um, Your boy Baines only had four. (laughs) Dude, Baines is a new haircut. (laughs) That's good. He needed one. He still doesn't look good. I don't don't think it matters what he does. (laughs) (laughs) This is not good. It's just whatever he does is bad. But it was the Kyrie show. Kyrie is one of those guys that I was, so I was watching the Warriors game at my aunt's house and uh, Durant got the ball. I go, well, he's either going to make it or miss it. And she goes, isn't that what the only options are? I'm like, okay, let me explain that a little bit in more detail. <laughs> so there's players in the NBA that I have a theory that, and it's it's not really a theory, it's just my my thought process, is that they're making or missing a shot regardless of the defensive you play. Mm-hmm. It's the Harden effect. You, they're just either make it or miss it, and you can do the best you can, but it's you don't always have an impact on the shot. And it's never seen more greatly than Kyrie Irving, especially in like the Warriors finals when he was on the Cavs. Yeah, I mean, he, he was unguardable, and, and you couldn't do anything to stop him. It didn't really matter what you did. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're in this series now. I mean, taking a game away, taking home field advantage back, that's really important. Is it home field advantage? Do they have home field advantage now? Or now is it just They even? do now. No, they do now because... If they so win at have, home, it's over? Well, because they have four, four more games at home. Oh, yeah. Three more, they, have three more, they have three more games at home. As long as they protect home court. As long as they protect home court, they win the series. I don't think that's going to happen. I predicted Bucks and five. That looks pretty wrong right now. Mm-hmm. Um. But I think that could still happen. Honestly, if they make the right adjustments, and I think Budenholzer could, I can see them coming back in the series. And those other players just playing better. I mean, they just all played absolutely dreadful. Um, things breaking the right way. Giannis figuring out how to deal with what he's being dealt. Um, I don't know if they're ready for it necessarily, but I still think that Bucks could win this series, especially in six or seven. I think the Bucks still definitely still have a chance. Um, if you're the Celtics, I think you feel really good. I mean, basketball basketball is tough. It's a game of it's turned into more of a game of kind of extreme variance. Um, I mean, we've seen throughout the playoffs that one team will blow out a team, and then the next game it's can the complete opposite. Um, so. I mean that that's that Mori ball. That's the with the increased number of threes that just increases the variance of the game. And I mean mm-hmm. that can increase your chances of winning. It's now like the home runner strikeout thing. It's like that's how you put points on the board. So um, you either do it really well one game or you don't. So anything can really happen. Um, it is going to be interesting to see the the Boonholzer, um counter adjustments to how they've guarded Giannis. Um, We'll see, man. I'm I'm excited. I think the X factor has been Hayward this whole playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think he's played really good. It's it's nice to see him kind of performing at the level that he was. He, he's still not a hundred percent, but he's really given them something to to boost their their lineups. And and ever since kind of the All Star break, he, he's really shown flashes. 
I think it, for him, it always has been confidence because he. I'm thinking it from his perspective. He wasn't a highly recruited guy out of high school. He grew a lot in high school to even get to a decent level to be able to play in college. And then in college, he had to work his way to get to um, the point where it was. So I don't know, you know, he, if, if he carried over much confidence necessarily into the league because he's such a humbled, he's been so humbled over his career and that injury took a lot away from him, you know? So I'm thinking from his roots, you know, who is he? Uh, I think it's just going to take a long time for him to come back to who he was a couple of years ago. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but what he is right now is still better than what they've had. So yeah. um, it, it's almost like they, they traded for a new player. What weird shit could Kyrie say that would get them to lose the next four games consecutively? Mm. I think it would take one bad game from Jason Tatum or... or, One more uh, bad game. (laughs) I think it would take a bad game for them and then they lose. And Kyrie would have to go for like 40 and then he'll have to say something about... Or like if one of the young guys take a bad shot at the end of the game to lose it. To lose the game, yeah. I think then Kyrie could say some crazy shit. Um about their sister besides that i think the craziest shit he could do is wear a maga hat for a press conference (laughs) i think that might that might fuck up their chances dude you should kind of do it i kind of like that idea though right that would be the craziest shit he could do and hey you be whatever you want politically But if if you want to be Republican, whatever, that's fine. Democrat, it's this like it's that's not I'm talking about. I'm saying like in the NBA where it's extremely progressive, where (laughs) I'm assuming the majority of the people just like going based off their like background and like the demographic of the league. I'm going (laughs) to venture a guess that most people are progressive. Yeah. Or Democratic. Or at least the Republican and most likely not MAGA. Yeah, or you know Republican I mean? like, and not MAGA. Because that's right. like even... MAGA's like a subset of Republican. Like, it, I don't even know. I don't even... Dude, I, I'm like so done with all of it. This I is don't not a political care. podcast. We don't no, understand but I'm enough saying to that's to talk if, about it. If Kyrie showed up in a press conference and then that would just like all shit. That would be shit hit the fan... Like so many questions from his team, reporters, national media, <laughs> like the the circus that would create very well could throw them off their axis. I kind of love that. Okay. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Speaking of off axis, let's talk about James Harden's jump shots. Um, Yo, super off axis. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's, let's talk about the Rockets Warriors mm-hmm. series. And I think the biggest discussion point we have to have is about the officiating and i do want to preface this entire segment um by saying that we are warriors fans okay we are we have a a bias we're mm-hmm. fairly objective uh basketball fans I'd i would argue fairly, i would say i would agree as another um, objective basketball fan i would say i tend to agree football i become but, a, no for most sports I, I i am mostly just a fan of the sports and i am for the most part i try to put my i mean it's always going to cloud some judgment but i think for uh-huh. the most part we're very non like non we try yeah this this segment's not gonna be great for us though i'm just gonna throw no. it out there okay The Rockets and the Warriors was one of the chippiest and most argued and whined about 
officiating I've almost ever seen in a game. It was absolutely brutal. Why do you think it was so crazy? Um, I think... So I, I listened to a podcast that kind of talked about how the superstars of the NBA mm-hmm. are usually the people who complain the most. And no, I, I wouldn't this... say usually. They are, they are the people who complain the most. Yep. So, and in, in this series that where you have six all-stars and the whiniest coach in the NBA in Doc Rivers. <laughs> um, yeah. Or not Doc Rivers. Sorry, he didn't, Doc Rivers is... I don't know why not I Doc got, Rivers, but Doc Rivers know, is the whiniest coach in the NBA. He is the whiniest... I don't know. I just he thought Chris it. Paul... He fuck, fuck Doc Rivers. He did a great job coaching uh, <laughs> against the Warriors. Um, so you, you have six All-Stars, and they're going to complain a lot. And, and it's super frustrating, and the Rockets play for fouls. They, they hunt fouls. Chris Paul's always been a huge flopper. Um, James Harden has led the league in foul shooting over the last, I think, seven like years. Like seven years. He has five consecutive close. seasons of um, making or attempting more than, 11, or ten, more than 10 foul shots a game. And, and that's a <laughs> so lot. Crazy. So... When your game is really dependent, and James Harden is absolutely incredible. He's one of those people. It's like, it doesn't matter the defense you play. He's going to hit a lot of step back threes. He's going to get to the basket. But he does depend on getting fouls called on him. So when you're not receiving those calls, which a lot of them aren't fouls, but a few of them are, um, you're going to complain more. And then, so you're getting him complaining about not getting the calls, and then you're getting the complaining from the Warriors who uh, are being called fouls on. So it's like you have this combination of all these All-Stars expect to get the calls, and all Mm -hmm. of the All-Stars are expecting not to receive those foul calls. So (laughs) it kind of creates a lot of tension. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would I would agree with you to the point that it's it's the all stars that's a problem. There's a lot of them in this series. Um, I I do want to point out. I think it really goes back to LeBron. I think LeBron is the heartbeat of the league. Has been for the last ten years or more. You know, um, what he does, the players follow, and he's done a lot of great things for this league, like amazing things, and especially for professionalism. He's turned the league from what was this, um, you know, the the old blazers the jailblazers mm-hmm. you know kind of culture you know just just kind of an unruly culture i guess you know you don't really know what to expect to a much more professional culture so that being said he has created a world where it's okay to yell at the referees and give them very little respect and it it creates a, a world where there's a lot of distrust between the players and the referees and the referees and the players Mm-hmm. and when there's a bad call, they go and scream right in their face, and it causes, I think, the referees to be less consistent because of it. You know, they don't know what to call. The, the refs have never been this good. They're, humans. They're, they're probably doing great, honestly. This is I the honestly, best refereeing has ever been. I honestly thought they did an actually pretty good job in the in that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I there, there was a few bad calls. Yeah. But there always is like you, it's you're mm-hmm. human. It's OK. But like for the most part, I thought they actually let a lot more go, which I was OK with. Like I, I just in general, I thought they did a decent job of officiating both sides because both sides will play for foul calls. But 
Um, I guess my biggest thing is I don't like when people are playing to a rule and not playing the game at to score. They're not playing to score. They're playing for a foul. Do you know what I mean? Like they don't care if they score. They just care if they get fouled. And I have a, I have a hard time with that. I know it's not wrong because it's part of the rule book, but it's tough to swallow. It is. It's hard to watch. And I, I posed this question earlier this morning to, to our group chat. Um, so as a defender, you're not allowed to land underneath a shooter. It's right. the, the Kawhi you know, allowing them, the, the Kawhi Leonard rule, allowing the person to land. Right. Zaza Pachulia 100% violated 100%. 100%. 100%. I couldn't agree more. I'm not arguing that. I understand it's a foul. I think it should be a foul. But my question was, when does... To what limit are you allowed to move? So if a defender Mm -hmm. takes off beyond the three-point line and lands, you know, two feet inside the three-point arc, at what point is it no longer the defender's issue you know what is the limit to in which that the the offensive player can jump forward and would be called for an offensive or called for a defensive foul? So we did some research on this. We were trying to figure out where in the NBA rule book this actually is, and the NBA doesn't do a great job of showing their rule book online. They don't have like a very um, viewable PDF, honestly, to be able to. It's research not like this topic. golf or, or baseball. Golf is like, dude, every single rule. I mean, it's. Crazy. I'd like that. Alter first. Oh, it's same great. Way. You have a. It's a rule book. They yeah, literally give you, a and it has referee, every single one. So it's bullshit. Oh, I'm just saying. But like, <laughs> there, like most good, most sports will give you an exact rule book with every single rule, and and the, you know, you can go back mm-hmm. to the back of the book and figure out where it is in the front. So they have an index. Like it's all indexed, and you can see where things are. So NBA doesn't have a great job of displaying these rules. Needless to say. I'll describe the rule for us on the podcast. And this is what we said in our group chat. Um, the shooter, the the person taking the jump shot, has the ability to take off and land from the spot in which they took off from. They are allowed to take a normal shooting motion and land where they... They're, they're allowed to land exactly where they took off from. They're not mm-hmm. allowed to jump forward. If they jump forward, there's no foul because they're, they're moving into someone else's space. Um... And there's a lot that goes into that. Fraser, you have more to say on it? It seems like you have some. Yeah, I, I do. It, you, it shouldn't. The, the offensive player shouldn't be able to dictate where their landing zone is because then they could with which a, a lot of players. I mean, I've seen Curry do it before. I've, I've seen Harden do it before. Harden, the last play of the game, Harden jumped three <laughs> feet, three or four feet forward, you know, mm-hmm. trying to get that foul call. Um it's just a slippery slope it's a yeah it's a slippery slope man it's like you know they're i was talking they were talking about a podcast earlier it's like at what point are you not allowed to close out when is it going to become where it's like you aren't allowed i mean dude it's getting to the point where like almost every closeout they'll call foul and i think they did a really good job of swallowing their whistle um you know there probably was two of them that Harden should have gotten, but I think there was a bunch of them that they didn't call on Harden and Paul that that were the right calls. No calls was the and correct if you call. F- and if you flop, you're going to get that call less because the referees now don't trust you. The flop also should be an offensive foul. If you kick your legs out at a defender, that's an offensive foul. It is a foul. foul. That's so an offensive the, foul. The, 
the NBA did institute this. It is the Reggie Miller rule, basically, where if you kick your legs out to create contact, it can be called as an offensive foul. So really, okay, so here's the best way I think about it. So if you want to be an informed viewer of basketball and you want to figure out what to watch when you're trying to figure out if it's a foul or not, you can replay it and you can slow it down. You draw a line right in front of the person's shoes where they shot from. And if they break that plane, it's no longer a foul. But if the defender goes beyond that plane and doesn't allow the person to land, then it is now a defensive foul. Mm -hmm. If they kick their legs forward in any unnatural action to create contact in that, then it's an offensive foul. So those are the three ways I would describe that. Yeah. I I also think it's kind of ironic that James Harden wants that offensive foul called, but he doesn't want that push-off that he used to create all of that space <laughs> to be a foul. I mean, if you yeah. watch the play, it's a serious push-off. And I know push-offs happen all the time in the NBA, but I mean... And forms are allowed in general, but just not allowed to create space. Yeah, you're not allowed to extend and, and create space that way. And he does that all of the time. Um, and you know what? He's he's an all-star. He's the best offensive player in the league. And he wants that call. But, um, it, dude, in, in the finals or in, in the playoffs, the refs swallow their whistle sometime. And I know that there's going to be a huge overcorrection for the next game. Uh, I, I just Huge. see it coming. Massive. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of these foul calls, and then it's going to go the other way. So we'll see. Um, but if the I Warriors think it's the Warriors, be held, be... they have to be held a little accountable. Um, they can do a better job at cluing out to his side instead of closing out into him. Also, um, Draymond Green needs to shut up, honestly. Oh, yeah, dude, I'm so he sick is, of it. He's absolutely uncalled for. It's very unprofessional what he's doing. I mean, he is absolutely screaming at these referees. Screaming. I mean, I don't care what he thinks he's doing, but it's uncalled for. Yeah, it's super. I mean, I really, I think it's a terrible look. Um, And I understand that he's kind of a fiery player and he plays with a lot of intensity. But um, I mean, dude, it's just like borderline like assault every single foul call or at any time he is upset it's like dude like we get it just like get over it i i i definitely have had enough of that yeah um so it goes both ways you it's it really comes down to these star players not trusting the refs and the refs not being able to trust them because there's a lot of distrust going on in my opinion i think that's what's happening and they're they've got to do a better job of referee um player relations because it's not working right now and so another sport that flops soccer i've been watching Mm -hmm. more soccer recently i've gotten a little into it i think it's a really interesting sport and it's something i never understood before but people say there's a lot more flopping in soccer and in soccer there's basically one referee and then there's a video referee system basically so it's like a replay system and in soccer they take a lot less shit they just fucking leave. Like, if if they're if they're if someone's yelling at them, like saying like whatever, and they also just like you think there's a lot more flopping that goes on, but there's a lot more flopping that goes on in specific areas. And if they make a call, good or bad, they don't they don't deal with more talking. There's no discussion points going on. Maybe that's a language barrier, but 
I see these referees go through a lot more in basketball because of the stoppages of play and stuff like that. So they have more time to yell at them. But like in soccer, where another sport where there's people, mis- a lot of mistrust going on, in my opinion, um, these referees are not dealing with it. And there's only one guy. I mean, there's one guy, basically. And then the, the sideline guys as well. There's the there's the line judge who basically d- just tells if there's fouls near them or if there's an offsides. Um but basically, it's on this one guy who's running up and down the pitch, and he takes. They take very. They take very little shit. Like they just don't listen to these players because it's not worth it. It's not going to get anywhere. And these players think they're going to reverse the call or something. Like I don't know. I just think it's it's really struggling right now. This will be the last thing we say about like fouling and referees because it's like definitely not the most entertaining, like enjoyable. It's topic. a little redundant. Yeah. <sighs> What if next year, start off the season, there's 70 techs in the first week. <laughs> Anytime a player comes at a ref, tee him up. Immediately. I know that the first week or two will be unbearable to watch because it'll be mostly just foul shots. But I think that could really set a precedent and be like, we're just not going to do this anymore. If you do this, I'm going to tee you up. I, <laughs> it might and it might work it might, it might be at, at this brutal. point you have to try some shit like you have to do something you gotta do something um, i don't know it's not working and then these referees get well oh, that's a fast trigger well it's like dude he's been dealing with it for like three weeks it's like mm-hmm. yeah it might seem quick this game but he had to deal with it for the last 10 games and now he probably just blew a fuse that's why he's like i'm sick of your crap yeah so, but I don't know. And the game itself was pretty entertaining. Um, I think if you're the Warriors, you've got to be a little afraid. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think the Rockets played particularly well. Um, KD is pretty much unstoppable at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we'll see, man. I think if you're the Warriors, you got to be pretty frightened. I think that's about um, probably about as bad as the Rockets are going to play. They didn't get the foul calls, um, and the Warriors did just enough. And there's some injury stuff going around. We'll see more about that. Hopefully, those guys can get healthy. But it, it's tough to get healthy during a series. Yeah, the one X factor I want to say for the Rockets, I think, is gonna be Eric Gordon. I think Eric Gordon's that swingman that needs to be the second leading scorer on the Rockets. Honestly, I think he's the guy. He's the guy who's gonna play stellar defense. He's the guy who really shut down. Um, Utah, what's his face? Oh my goodness, Donovan Mitchell. Um, he's the guy I think that's going to really give the Warriors trouble this entire series. I mean, besides James Harden, we already know. I think Chris Paul is kind of going to be an afterthought, honestly, at, at when this is all said and done. Because um, I just don't, I don't have a lot of faith in him in the playoffs. I never have, but he's going to be the X factor I think for the Rockets. He played great in Game One, and I think he's going to play great in Game Two. Yeah, the one thing for the Warriors that I think that they're able to execute well on is they don't really get switched into bad spots because the Rockets offense is so slow. And I really noticed as well, I was watching the game, you would see they would try to get Curry on Harden or, you know, they would try to get Looney on Harden. And what they were doing, it, it would take three or four pick attempts 
to get that player A because a lot of times they would pick and they would be able to shade and then the other player was able to drop back. So they had a few shot clock violations because they just couldn't A lot get... of shot clock violations. Yeah. A lot. And, in more than quarter. a typical NBA game because they just couldn't figure out how to quickly. And it's just because they, they, they move very methodically and kind of slowly on offense and um it allows the warriors to get back and switch into the positions that they excel at you know um i i was really impressed with with iguodala iguodala's look really good um i like his aggression on offense that's what i liked about Mm -hmm. him the most was his aggression to attack the basket especially with smaller defenders him and draymond were getting a lot of really easy buckets and i thought besides all of draymond's whining i thought he was excellent played great defense i think he had a triple double uh he 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 was he played at an elite level um we'll see how that goes forward the warriors are pretty much down to a seven man rotation um, as they should and, be yep it, this Looney's is gonna been playing be great though looney's been playing really well we looney's talked about been, this last year looney's been honestly really 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 positive I mean, we yeah, he only had six points and three rebounds, but he put in solid minutes. Solid minutes and great defense. He's mm-hmm. a he's a switchy, and the Rockets are going super small. At one point, I think Daniel House was the largest player on the court, and he was he's uh, six seven. Um, I We're going to see a lot of a lot of Draymond and Kevin Durant as the rim protectors, and a lot of PJ Tucker, I think, at the five. I would like to see Durant on hard on a little more. You think the length think, can bother him a little bit? I think the length can bother him a little bit. Um, he He's quick enough laterally where he can kind of stay up with Harden. He has excellent length, and he has really good hands. I think he could give him a couple of fits. Um, and if you're the Rockets, you just have to keep trying to get Curry and Looney um in into uncomfortable positions where Harden can kind of take over. Yeah, this game this is going six or seven, I think. This is this is yeah. looking to be great. Um all right, so the the Nuggets Trailblazers game is going on right now. It's seven to eleven in the first quarter. Eight minutes left. We have no idea what's going on yet. But who do you like in this series? Let's just preview it a little bit and then we'll get into our pop culture. <sighs> I, I like Portland. I think Portland has a better team. I'm rooting for Denver. Big Jokic fan. Um, I like Murray. I like their team. Um, they're young. They're fun. But I don't think they have really what it takes to, to beat Portland. <laughs> Portland just got that like dead-eye, White Walker, like zombie apocalypse look in their eyes. I mean, Dame's ice cold. Um, yeah, Dame's been awesome. I think I think they could they could cause some real issues. I mean, shout out to Denver getting this round, but it really shouldn't have taken seven games. I think this is going to go like six or seven, though, honestly, because I think the the front court of the Nuggets are really going to cause some problems for the Trailblazers. I like the starting center power forward for the Blazers, Ennis Cantor and Alfred Camino. Mm-hmm. That's Frisian, not a where's Elf? Where's El Farouk Aminu from? Uh, he's from... Uh, um, hold on. El Farouk Aminu is from North Africa. 
Probably, but uh, he was born in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> Don't say probably. Well, okay, so he plays internationally with Nigeria, so I'm assuming okay. he's from Nigerian descent, which is, I believe, Northern Africa. Let's let's do hey, a jo- theory. We- where's the Alvarez Arena problem? <laughs> We're doing geography with the measures of mediocrity. Hey Google, dude, that was kind of good though. Arena from dude, come free, free, free Can you please just? Huh? Thanks. Can you please just like take a second to respect the jingle I just came up with? Oh, I honestly didn't hear it. Oh, okay. Do you want me to do it again? I'll do it again for you. Sure. We're doing geography, the masters of mediocrity. Hey, nice, Rob Deerdeck. All right, so uh, Nigeria is in like northern centralish. It's a little I'll bit on the it. northern side, but pretty much central. We'll take it. We'll take, I'll it. take it. I'll take that all, all day. All I'll kiss once an old day. Sixers day. got the win, by the way. Yeah, they did. All right. Uh, it was a close yeah, game, I though. Think close. It got real close. Yeah, but I think Lillard, when he gets rolling, I don't think the Nuggets have enough on offense to be able to withstand that barrage. I don't know about that... defense either. Yeah. I just, the it's going to be basically two different teams with very different strengths front court versus back court strengths, you know, the back court of the Blazers and then the front court of the Nuggets. And I feel like it's a, it's a guards league. And I think the Blazers are going to win in like, actually it might be five or six. That's what, I'm pr- probably five or six. I don't see it going seven. I trust Jokic and Millsap to get more offensive rebounds than, um, than San Antonio could. I think they can neutralize cancer a little more. And as crazy as that sentence sounds, <laughs> it's, a it's a legitimate sentence. sentence. <laughs> can't play Cantor, except you can because he's being can very play, effective this can't year. Can't play Cantor. You definitely can. All right. This has been fun. I'm excited to see how this goes. Phrase, ready to talk some freaking pop culture because we've been on our pop culture grind. We have. I, uh, yep. So I got out of a comedy show last night at 11.45, got home around midnight, uh, and then proceeded to watch Game of Thrones because I knew it would have been spoiled for me. So uh, <laughs> I am committed. I have been talking about it literally all day, and I am ready to talk about it more. You're ready, Fraser. Yeah. What were your general thoughts of the episode? I I liked it a lot. I thought the the battle scene was fun. My TV didn't work well enough to be able to pick up the black that I had to deal with. That's the thing. Was Everyone lo- was talking about was large black. Shades. Mine was fine. You had a nice TV. I was dealing with our parents' 32-inch old smart TV that apparently has very little color correction. Also, I want to say that plasma TVs do have better black. um, It actually perceives black a lot better because I had a plasma screen in my old living room, and that plasma did a lot better with the blacks as well. So, it's it's, Yeah, too bad they're not around anymore because they're a 1,000 pounds. But (laughs) pure pure black. (laughs) They're so heavy. That's the thing. Like, they have really amazing picture. It's just the glare is unbearable. It's completely unbearable. Like, you have to have it in a basement or a very dark place. Yeah. Um, I thought it was good. I wish more people died. Um, <laughs> earlier Dude. in the week, I set my own over-under at five and a half, and it came under at five. So, excellent line placement by myself. Um, <laughs> but it just, like... 
there were so many storylines that seemed like the the writers put a bow on it and then they just lived like gray worm or brianne dude um, how did gray worm live no way did i think he, dude, he made how plans did, after you don't how say did sam live dude sam, sam was in the pile of zombies the entire time oh we should have said don't listen to this section. spoilers whatever you know <laughs> whatever. you know the format of the podcast but dude sam was in a pile of zombies for like half the episode yeah he spent 45 minutes crying around zombies and like <laughs> trying to escape zombies and, and didn't die and didn't die somehow also i'm very unclear how many dragons are left yeah okay so my assumption there's either one there's one for sure two possibly is there one for sure though yeah because daenerys is i'm pretty sure are you sure though no I guess that's what i'm point. saying i have no idea how many dragons are left yeah, I think she got that drag got stabbed about a million times by yeah. a million like, like ant white people. walkers. Yeah. Why didn't she fly away? So stupid. She, like the first zombie came on, then she was just like, oh, that's annoying. And then six <laughs> more came. She's like, well, I should I'm move stuck soon. Here. And then a hundred swarm. It's like, what are you doing? Like, first one that attacks you, go. Dude, okay, that's my biggest problem with this. Okay, so I do want to say I liked the episode, but my biggest problem, my biggest gripe with this episode was freaking Daenerys and her awareness and the entire human awareness on this entire episode was low. Zero to none awareness. Like, she's just so stupid. The whole episode. Yeah. Yeah, she like immediately changed course on the plan. Like, the plan was changed immediately. You know so what I mean? Dumb. It's she, like she showed the her whole freaking... plan was like to wait and not use the dragons yet, and wait for the Ice King to show himself, and then like they just use the dragons immediately. She's a very and needy leader. Why did all the Dothraki just like run into a mist, <laughs> dude? Why did they wait to see like what the fuck's wait. going on? Maybe you're the, you're the one with the castle, like. All right, wait till they get closer to the castle. That scene was beautiful, but also it made. It did, I don't know. Sense. Maybe I just like don't know armies and like it just didn't seem like it made sense. And then <laughs> they showed ghosts for like two seconds, and then is ghost dead now? I think so. That's the worst possible dude. The usage dire percentage on ghost was zero, and the direwolf usage percentage was not great in this entire everyone show. Everyone wanted ghost. And then all of a sudden, Ghost showed up for one scene with John in the second episode in season eight. And then for 30 seconds in the beginning of this episode, when the Dothraki ran to their death. And that's it. After like six seasons of not seeing Ghost. So stupid. I, like, I don't get. So there, the more I talk about it, the more I'm frustrated by the, it. It was a beautiful episode, but like a lot of it really pissed me off. Yeah. So, the people that died, I kind of expected all of them to die. Like, I expected Jorah to die. Jorah's been around for too yeah. long, honestly. Yeah. Like, good job, Mormont. The young Mormont died, but she killed a giant, which is pretty Yo, dope. Yo, best, best like, death, for sure, was her and her cousin. That was pretty yeah, dope. Like, Shout out like to the, the two Mormont. Mormonts, like, did the they best. Held like, it they held down. Kick- 
Yeah, they held it down. Like they're my big like when I was watching, I was like, oh, they're at least doing something. Like that was like my barometer for like, oh, they're like effectively doing something. Yeah. They were on the list of like effectively doing something in yep. battle. Whereas I want to say that like Danny was like pretty awful, honestly, when she had the dragon. Because when they had the the moat covered in fire, mm-hmm. that was the time to take your giant ass dragon and burn the entire thing of them where they Army stood down. still. And yeah, I thought they were going to lay their dead, dumb bodies on top of the flames and just walk over it. Like, that made sense to me. I figured they were going to do that. Yeah. But like, before then, burn everybody. You're on a dragon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. But they're chasing, the, they're chasing the guy, which I guess I get. Like, But like, were they chasing him, though? Not well. They like, didn't even know where they were. It's like, fly yeah. straight up and then figure it out. <laughs> it's called That's like what gang I was thinking. Two. I'm like, yo, you can't see anything. You don't even know where you're flying. Like John's hitting trees and shit. It's like go straight up, get out of the frost. How did the frost come into play? Who did the Night oh, King just like create yeah. the frost? Yep. With yeah, how? he created the winter. Okay. That's fine. Yeah, Whatever. we can get behind that. Yeah. Fuck brand though. <laughs> Brand's usage percentage was also zero. He did absolutely nothing, dude. Useless. I I, I thought he was going to do something. I was a fan of Brand, dude. It would the Three Eyed Raven's been a huge storyline. It's been like really important, and then all of a sudden, he doesn't matter at all. And then he's like, oh. Then he's setting a way message like B-R-B-T-T-Y-L walking. <laughs> and then he fell asleep for an hour. And he and we got to see the Night King on a dragon. And that's all Bran did. It's, Bran left like he had a purpose. And then it was just to show us what was up with the Night King. And that was and it, it did for nothing. Bran. So dumb. It's like, dude, take over a person and like mess, do something. And it was just like super lame. I did not like that at all. Dude, I want to shout out Theon though. Shout to Theon. Thanks, Frase. Shout to Theon. He's got more balls than any of these people in this episode. For real. (laughs) Theon was dope. (laughs) Because, dude, first off, he was protecting Bran, which was apparently very important. It was like, why is there like 40 people there? (laughs) <laughs> but like he was yeah whatever like have a hundred people around bran yeah just leave them all there yeah or maybe be in like a more secure place and like didn't like, seem secure at all like it was available to get like attacked by all sides yeah like maybe with put a lot in of like cover. a room with like one door yeah and there was cover in the trees all around bran it's like so you're going to stand in the wide open when like things are running around the trees and it has low ass walls and only one entryway. And that's like your defense. That was suspect sus. But Theon killed like a ton and he was the only one left when all the yeah. walkers got there. That like, was cool. He was re- actually he killed a ton. He yeah, that was that was really touching. That was a great moment. And then when Bran was basically like, you're a good guy, like. Yeah. What you did got your you home. to this point in your home. Mm-hmm. Not that he's had his trials and tribulations in the past, but. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Um, shout out to Theon. Arya, cool, cool kill, but 
also where'd she come from dude no okay first how can did we she no no don't him? no no don't 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 but uh pick nits on this yet we gotta just can we just think about this in like the best way first and then we can pick some nits nah okay we'll pick nits now I, then i want to talk about how glorious it was because that was my immediate thought was like it's a pretty they open space. What she, did she the tree, jump though. from? She came the tree from above. Yeah, because you saw the wisp of the guy's hair that was way behind the Night King. You saw his Dude, hair. But she's move. mad sneaky, though. You saw her in the in the library with all the uh, dead people. Yeah, no, she's that sneaky, was though. a dope scene. So I'll nitpick, then we go back to how dope everything was. I just don't understand how she got to him. Yeah, don't kill like. Yeah. Everything. Dude, okay, so Found I was listening to someone, lot. and they thought that, like, she, like, dropped it and then, f- like, accidentally caught it. No, she planned Ax- that. No, she planned that shit. She planned that 100%, which I thought was amazing. Yeah. Like, dude, when she's, like, going with the left hand and, like, gets caught and then drops it perfectly into her right hand down low and stabs him. I yeah. was like, oh, shit, the switch up. I was like, the switch yeah. up, sick. Like, that move was so tight to me. Like, I loved how he, she planned that out. And, like, the whole episode, she was pretty much doing a lot of work. Like, she was putting in that work. Oh, yeah. Her yeah, weapon was it, sick. Yeah, the, like, dual thing that you could put together and pull apart. That was dope. Um, yeah. No, it was cool. And, and, I mean, it was beautiful. It definitely had... I mean, the initial fight that happened outside was really crazy. Um, and then to go from that, and, and they bounced around well, showing all the different characters. And they mixed up things that were more about, like, tension and drama. And mm. they mixed that stuff up really well with, like, just a giant fight. Because the fight scene was 45 minutes long. And, like, yeah. a strictly 45-minute long fight scene is not... It, it can get very dull. It can become, like, overwhelming. I, I liked guess. it. I thought it was still pretty good because they... I thought it was still pretty entertaining to me with mm-hmm. enough dialogue to help you understand what's going on and cuts like they did with the Arya sneaking through scene. But um, I'd say that the two people that came out of this, I'd say doing the most work, Arya clearly, number one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number two, uh, Melisandre. The Lord of the the Lady of oh, Lady in Red, though. Yeah, she dead though. Like, but she like, did. she's a did mil- she she's do a... work though? No, she did. How she did? She lighting. It seemed like she did a lot of work when they she she blessed all the Dothraki <laughs> with the light. That was dope. They... I was like, yo, let's go. Like, okay. And then they all got extinguished in thirty seconds, and then. I was like, oh, they're going to bring her out there and she's going to put her hand on the thing. It's going to light up the whole trench. Like, that's pretty fire. Also, take your time. Stop strolling to the fucking front line. Like, a little pace here, Melisandre. That'd be nice. (laughs) She literally... Dude, all of the Unsully surrounding her, spears out. She's walking like a 3.1 on a treadmill. It's like, dude, you can't be walking a 20-minute mile. You gotta get a little... Be a mall walk. I need mall walker pace minimum. Dude. That's all I'm I asking for. I see more life for. out of a mall walker than I did out of her. Yeah, so she lights it up, and I was like, okay, cool. Like, now they got the boundary lit up. Awesome. 
Well, no, because all the dead people just lie down on it, and it doesn't matter at all. So then they, so like two things that seemed like were really important, like weren't that important. The most important thing that she said was like telling Arya to go get the night. Yes, that's what I was gonna say. That's, that's the why most she's number two to me. That's why she's number two to me. That's why. I agree. Because she said it. and blue eyes. That's yep. why I thought Not she was today. so important. That was dope. And when she said. Was it Velo Margulis or whatever? I can't pronounce it. You know, Velo Margulis, whatever. Mm-hmm. Is that the the saying of those people, or is that the unsullied thing? Hold on, I have exactly what she said to the unsullied people. Okay. Why we do you have about that? this early at work? Huh? Okay. Okay. Um, give me a sec. Keep t- keep going. Um. Okay. So one thing is also the crypt. Like no one saw that oh, coming. Everyone knew that coming. That was the stupid no, but in the show, I'm like, dude, no one saw that coming. That was so stupid. Like, yeah. but and then it didn't even matter. Like, it just wasn't impactful. Like, I figured there'd be some grandiose thing with like this, the script, but no, it was just kind of like over because Arya just killed every killed the the Night King. And it was over. That I thought was kind of cool because I expected it to last a lot longer. Like, I thought it was going to be like more drawn out than this, and I thought it was kind of surprising. My biggest thing about Game of Thrones, I want big oh shit moments, and that was an oh shit moment for me. Okay, so she said, Valar Malgaris means all men must die. He returned with a greeting of, with traditional Vala Dolharis, which means all men must serve. Okay. I, sure. That's what they said. Okay. Cool. Thanks. Um, yeah, so that was cool. Um, I, I like the Hound storyline. I, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, R.I.P. to the Captain Hook. Um, you know he'll be missed. Um, trying to think some other like dude. He ass. yeah. He, he was had cool. like he, he held yeah. it down. Mm-hmm. He held it down, but he like he dude. He said he's like nine lives. I mean he's a cat. He's he's yeah, checked that was all his eighteenth death. <laughs> yeah, like you're dead, dude. Like yeah, it's, it's okay. <laughs> like, yeah, he's probably dude, fine. He was brought back just for that moment. Well, he's like Hodor. Oh no! So I really hope that, because dude, I've been a big brand defender like the whole time. I've been like, I've been defending brand. I've been like, no, just like some shit will happen, but nothing. Oh, the biggest thing. So from pretty much episode one, we've been worried about the White Walkers. We've been worried about the Night King. The overwhelming <laughs> yeah. Yeah. fear yeah. of winter is coming. Um, yeah how are we going to defeat death right yeah, yeah. death has been defeated in i don't one give episode. a shit in who one episode is on the iron throne i don't care you the don't living i, I kind of do the living one for me that's been the most important storyline this entire show and that's you're probably a john snow guy then i don't care because Jon Snow, all he cared about was that exact thing, too. Yeah, he was well, the like, dude, plot driver for that storyline. And and that's kind of true. And I know a lot of other stuff has happened, but, like, none of that stuff matters if the Night King wins. The Night King is dead. So He's does dead. it matter who is on the Iron Throne at the end? As long as someone with a real-life heartbeat is better <laughs> cool than that. the Night King. Does, does uh, Cersei have a real-life heartbeat? I don't care. Maybe not. 
But like, does it matter? It's just like more squabble. It's like this seemed like something that she's like, the big winner because she didn't have to do anything. So, so someone at work brought up like what they hoped that happened was that the Night King won, and then it was Cersei <laughs> versus the Night King, and then you were rooting for those two to have like that would have been nuts. It's like the, that would have been sick. The lesser of the two evils, like who are you rooting for, the Night King or Cersei? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been dope it's a tough ask so i thought the episode was beautiful but when i was talking to chad chad had a good point that he he's very concerned about the continuation of the plot he thought the episode was beautiful and i agree beautiful the tonality beautiful episode, was great but it is concerning where they go from here i think all right we're pushing on an hour we're already at an hour do we talk about avengers now or in the next next one We'll talk about it in the next one. We can't do like okay. a double spoiler. <laughs> All right, we'll do we'll do the Avengers spoiler in the next one. Yeah, just watch the Avengers. It's a fun movie. And if almost you shed uh, a tear. almost cried, did you really? I dude, I yeah. I, I don't want to talk about it. I can't talk. I about teared it. up at the end. I I may or may not have also. Nice. I I okay. All I want to all I'm going to say is that I'm glad I watched all the movies. It gave me great context to understand the whole thing, the whole world. I really appreciated and cared about it. And it was a great movie going experience. I went opening I night. Did. I did. And it was awesome. Night. Yeah. Right. Very good. We'll talk I about next episode. I feel like Twitter and Instagram and Reddit, it, the internet is now a safe place for me because I'm all caught up with all things that could <laughs> be spoiled because today or last night from like, 11 o'clock from like uh, yeah from 11 till 2 a.m was dangerous for me i literally uh, like now i'm good i'm all set i've seen everything actually from then till today at eight o'clock now the internet is safe (laughs) oh oh my gosh i'm i'm so sorry last thing i really i need to talk about this um the memes that are coming out of game of thrones i think are what's the best part (laughs) they're unreal and ble- they really are. They're, they're so good. Whoever put this out with the original uh, left hand, right hand switch, the you know, oh yeah, the Jordan, ball, the Jordan shot where he did the lamp, oh, where he yeah. had his right hand switch it to his yep. left hand, and then mm-hmm. underneath it had Arya from the left hand to the right hand. I was like, dude, that is perfect. I love that was the fire. It's undefeated. Internet is undefeated with memes. All right, Frage, um, everybody out there listening to the podcast, thank you for listening this whole time. I hope this is a fun episode for you guys. Please go to patreon.com and search the Masters of Mediocrity. You go on there, donate to our podcast. It helps pay for our SoundCloud fees. It helps you get the podcast you guys love and enjoy. Also, follow us on our social medias, the Masters of Mediocrity. Um, you can find some just fun goofball content on there. Um, Crazy guy, anything else? Uh, if you got some time, check out... Uh... Master, uh, yeah, check out the Masters Mediocrity podcast. Uh, tell one friend about us. Um, that that really goes a long way. I, I really appreciate if you just let one person know about our podcast and, and turn them on to us. Uh, always trying to increase our you know listeners, and I, I think that's probably the the best way to do it. So uh, if you enjoy the podcast, please just tell one person about it. And uh, love you guys. All right, everyone out there, peace. Have a good night. Peace.